Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us today for our discussion, our musings, if you will, on our individual top five books of 2023. I made a video about this, which you can go watch on my TikTok or Instagram at your leisure. But for those of you who have not seen that video, and those of you who would like to hear me and Chad speak a bit more at length about each of the books we most loved reading in 2023, this is the episode for you. I kind of like these episodes where we get to maybe not talk a lot about a, a, a little, but a, oh, excuse me, we a little maybe about not a lot. A little yeah. about a lot. We get to talk a lot about a little, you know, which is fun. We're talking about a lot of books, but just a little bit. We're yeah, also talking a, a, lot, about a lot about a little bit. It doesn't matter. Uh, Chad yeah. and I will alternate <laughs> starting with our number five pick. Uh, and Chad, uh, you have the honor of going first. Chad and I are going to do five books each uh, that we really love for this year. And we're going to start with the, the number five spot going down to the number one spot. Alternating. Go for it, Chad. All right. And I will say that I was restricted. I had to redo my list because yes. Evan, I, I was lazily including entire series is as one book. And Evan was like, nah, not today. You have to pick one, which means that I actually threw out the Expanse book. It's really? The entire series. Yeah, I threw it out because I was like, it was causing me actual stress sure. to pick one of them. So and I because I thought picking one would be a disservice to the other ones in the series. So like, <laughs> please understand it should be on the list. I did have it pretty high up on my list even as a whole series, but since I had to pick a book and I couldn't do that, it was removed entirely. But it should be there. Just know that. So my number fifth five book is Murtag. Really? Okay. Yeah. Is that is that recency bias or do you really? Is it that, very is that well real? could be okay. recency bias. is a real thing, and I don't know if like on the inside of it, if I'm great at recognizing it. I thought about it when I did. You seem to really like it. Pick it. I really liked it, and you know, it's not it's not number two position or anything. But I was like, loved it. It's one of the only books this year that I specifically slowed my rate of read, but so I could ingest it uh, a little bit more leisurely and enjoy it a little bit more and longer. You know, totally. Yeah, uh, you have really motivated me to read that a lot faster than I thought I was going to. So you really should. The all I'll say about it is it's a new story in an old world and that's a great thing and done well because it's so easy to do that wrong and, and feel tired and old and this is not that it was very very good did you feel bored at any points during Murtag? because uh, i saw a couple comments that were like there's a couple pages like a couple hundred pages in the in the middle that kind of drag a little bit there's like, a little parts. overlong okay yeah it is overlong and i think that's kind of like a christopher paulini thing Sure. It's like he just kind of like I think he really up. likes writing his books, which is a cool. Bit loquacious, like, yeah. If he was a speaker, you'd be like, that guy likes the sound of his own voice. But he does that with writing, you know. So I'd say the first like book, seventy-five yeah. pages are a little tiring, and then there's a chunk right in the middle of the book that's like maybe hundred and fifty pages that you're like, what is gonna happen? Like I'm really excited. <laughs> sure. This is a great situation, but we're just like feasting now. Sure, yeah, we're just here. Yeah, yeah, we're in the we're in the lion's den feasting. This is weird, you know. What was your fifth? Uh, five for me is Tress of the Emerald Sea by Brandon Ooh. Sanderson, which you still haven't read, have you? No, I haven't. Yeah, that's really why Sanderson, Sanderson didn't actually make my list, which is crazy to not. I just didn't read any books by him. Yeah, um, I read two Brandon Sanderson books this year. I read Tress of the Emerald Sea and I read Yumi and the Nightmare Painter. And I really like Tress a little bit more than Yumi. I like Yumi just fine, um, but I like Tress a lot. Uh, Tress of the Emerald Sea, like for me, Sanderson has always had like this kind of a, a little bit uptight like writing style um and i think that like as he's i think that as he's gotten older like he's gotten a lot more laid back and like much more confident with the way that he writes you can just he's got like such his own style now and i think that tress is like really for me for it's like my favorite of his line to line writing that he's done like it's just it's so playful and you can tell he's having a blast with it but it's like 
really solid and engaging and i like the story a lot and i like the characters quite a bit the world building is just it's sanderson you know like i mean it's like he only sanderson could take a pretty basic kind of like a to b story and turn it upside down with the amazing world building that he has and it's a cosmere book um it's just he's a superstar it's just great. of world building for sure it's cute i mean the only thing that i didn't super love about tress uh was that it was just like a tiny bit on the predictable side but that's hmm. not really like a sanderson problem that's more like a, i've read a ton of fantasy books thing. you know what i mean i was like oh i wonder what's gonna first. happen and <laughs> yeah. i think that almost like it's like almost part of the charm of that book i know that that sounds like a cop-out no i get to, it but it's like i was happy to have predicted something because i wanted that thing to happen I love to be so, right i mean i do love to be right that is i love thing. to be right we all love to be right sure but yeah trust of the emerald sea right in there at the number five spot for sure cool i really think that sanderson has kind of moved from this you know there's always a little bit of nervousness i feel like i know it is when i'm writing that, that like how do i compare to the standard well sanderson has so obviously kind of become a standard that he, and he knows them, it yeah. so it's probably yeah. the confidence that that you feel in his writing is probably for that reason but uh my fourth on my list is uh, journey to the center of the earth it was different it was unique a solid simple tale of companionship bravery and adventure and just man i couldn't have been more stoked about that book actually i could have been the ending was a little like <laughs> what all of a sudden we're here got it so it could have it was a little anticlimactic i'll give it that but it does make fourth on my list because it was a da darn good book yeah i really would like to read some jules verne because i don't think i've actually ever cracked into any of it uh, but I remember we were talking about like how the endings of some of those books were are, are always a little bit like, oh, well, I guess that's over then. Sure. You know yeah, mean? yeah. They just weird. I, and you gave the uh, reason for being like a cultural thing of the times. I think. Maybe. I don't remember what I said. I, I, you had I, a really I, good like. I have a theory about that, and I was like, ooh, and you did. What was, was my great. theory? I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it? What, was I talking about how like maybe uh, maybe like we expect a little bit different things out of yeah. out of certain stories because we've just like ingested so many of them through like tv and movies and yeah stuff the crux like that. of it was it's of the times sure yeah um because i remember like reading um i think i mentioned this too but i remember reading some grimm's fairy tales hmm. and like the endings for those things are just completely from out of left field like it's just were they usually happy or no uh like half and half like i mean happy okay. is such a weird word to use for grim's fairy tales like but like they didn't end up in like the belly of a witch like or something you know they weren't like eaten alive um i mean some of, sometimes yeah it gets bad like it gets really okay. dark because i think some of them were uh, the grim's fairy tales at least um were like cautionary tales right in a way a too and like a lot darker than we think yeah um, like the original yeah, versions you yeah know. like cinderella is cinderella grim's fairy tale i don't remember I don't know. Uh, it was, it was like counseling dreadful yeah, I think that is Grimm's as well, and that's like that's like pretty dark, and we've like mm -hmm. kind of nerfed them a little bit. But the endings um, were are very very strange and just really abrupt. And I feel like with some of the older stuff that I've read, like some some H.G. Wells and uh, some Robert Louis Stevenson and things like that, it's just kind of like, and that's a wrap. Like, whoop, yep. and that's we're it. freaking like, done. I think we just want more resolution as audiences now. Maybe that's Definitely. a thing. Uh, we were talking yeah, about that with the, like... uh, the Dark Tower episode that we did for The Last Dark Tower. No spoilers or anything for The Last Dark Tower book, but like the ending pissed a lot of people off. And we yeah, had, had pissed a pretty... me off. <laughs> and then I came around. It. Yeah, and then, and then I really came around yeah. after we talked about it. Yeah, we thought about it and thought about it. And then I really arrived at some solid conclusions that were made me very satisfied. But I agree with you. When I read uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame in high school, I remember it ending and just being like, what yeah like, why like we're right in the myself? middle of this story and then 
everyone dies. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's funny that you have a more of a classic uh, for your number four because so do I, and it's ah. uh, it's Pride and Prejudice by Jane oh, Austen. Nice. What a delightful book! What an absolutely Goodbye. just sideswiped me. So surprised at this book. I knew it was going to be good, but man, what about it? Did you like, like so much? How modern of a read it felt. Like how Whoa. funny it was. Like how how. I, you know, I'm I'm a, a man, but I still was laughing about this. I mean, it's, it's essentially about I mean, I, it's about a lot of different things, but it's just essentially about a woman who is just over it. Like she doesn't like the system of, you know, courting and, and all of this. It's funny that like, totally. I saw for anybody that's listening, that's read the book or watched the movie. I saw a really funny review for Pride and Prejudice. It was like a one-star review, and it just said, it's just a bunch of people going to each other's houses, <laughs> which <laughs> is so funny because that really is what the book is. But, I mean, it's so much more than that. I um, the Great Gatsby. I, I love Elizabeth, and uh, I, I love Mr. Darcy in, in, in his own right. Uh, the movie is is incredible, the Kira Knightley movie. I still haven't watched, I think, the, it's a BBC one or whatever. It's like there's like a mini series for it. Um, mm. But it's it's really motivated me to read some other Jane Austen books. I think Regency is the genre or the the time period i should say for those kinds of books um yeah uh, Here, writing such a good choice yeah like she really, like really exudes good. the regency you know oh man yeah it's um it's a really fantastic book uh uh elizabeth's dad mr bennett is hilarious uh, there's a line where um uh this is also mostly for people that have read the book but it's really funny elizabeth has just been proposed to and her dad really doesn't like the guy that proposed to her, but her mom is just like, try, she's, her mom doesn't care. She's just like, just get married and get the hell out of the house. Like, just, just go get married. That, that is like, that is like literally what you're supposed to do. It's the only reason you're alive is to go get married and have kids. And her dad, is, her dad says, well, Elizabeth, you're, you're, you're in quite the situation here because if you, uh, if you don't marry this person, your mother is going to hate you. And if you do marry <laughs> him, I'm going to hate you. <laughs> or it's so, I'm paraphrasing it, but it's just, ah, uh, oh man. What a what a oh, fantastic! So he like empathizes her position, yet realizes his part in it. <laughs> He's just like I can't stand that guy. So yeah, I'm not going to be your dad anymore if you marry. <laughs> what, what's your number three? My number three is Black Tongue Thief coming in oh, strong. Nice. In that was my third. number ten. Yeah. Nice. Was it your number ten? Wow. Yeah, I cool. think that makes sense because I think you liked it quite a bit more than I did, but I, I still it. like liked it a lot. Yeah, let's hear it. I think you got caught up in maybe some of the world building, perhaps, because there was a lot of, and it seems arbitrary at the time. I do think that it'll be very important that we know that stuff in the later series. Like, I think maybe it'll bump up a couple notches in your list once the entire, like, series is out, and you can read it as a whole, you know? Because there definitely is a lot of information that you're given that's like, I don't need to know why this word is said that way in this other country that I we've never even been to before, you know? Like, there's kind of some arbitrary world building. But it was just like and a tale of adventure. It was simple. It was one person's story. I didn't jump around a bunch. The person wasn't necessarily all good. He wasn't all bad. I like those kind of independent thinking rogue characters that sometimes will do things not even on their own self-interest, but like just for the sake of being like, screw this, I'm out sort of thing, you know? Like you can't control me. And I like that story of of um, kind of someone seizing their own destiny while at the same time being slave to it, you know? No, for sure. I mean, I really liked the plotting of that book. Uh, I feel like there was never really any dull moments. There were a couple moments where I was like, really, this is happening right now. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is weird for sure. But it, then it would like get even weirder and I was kind of like right back on board with it. And I think that um, really the only thing for Black Tongue Thief that I was like, Ugh, it was just, it felt like it was just like 415 pages of like the exact same character who is already kind of an acquired taste. 
you know what i yeah, mean oh yeah so it, was, it was but like i i think that the the world build uh while kind of convoluted is still really interesting and obviously like the plotting is really great and like i think that uh, buhlman's dialogue is also pretty awesome like really really yeah, it's very punchy and like yeah. um sarcastic you know yeah that's a good book for sure it's a very good book and it has a sailing scene which is really awesome what's your number three my number three was sword of kaigen which we both read for Ooh. yeah and as soon as i said that your eyes lit up yeah, um, I saw it on my list. I debated. It was on my initial like. Man, it's so funny because like list. I feel like I I loved that book at first, and then there was like a little dip for me where I was like, wait a minute, dude, well, I don't know if I like this that much. And then I loved it. Like it's so like it's just I feel like the structure of Sword of Kaigen is really strange. Like it's very, it's like wait, did is that all the did all the story just get told like in the first? But it's not like that's not what the story isn't about. What you think it's about. No, it's it, it, really it, it, building up towards something that is not what the story is about. It just twists into this thing. And I think that uh, ML Wang was like, was just like so clever and kind of like taking your attention and kind of like putting it over here for a little bit. And it's like, no, really, though, like, think about this person. And it's just right. like, whoa, I wouldn't have even had any appreciation for that person if I hadn't been through like this initial like person's it's it it's so it's so cleverly done and the the, the action sequences and like the the lore some of the and, best oh my god it's just such a beautiful book it's a very 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 good book i i suggest it all the time to people and I, i've definitely gotten some comments from people that are like oh i started it and i just can't get into it which obviously i mean like we're not all gonna like the same things obviously um but i think that with sort of kaigen i would say this is a rare occasion for me but i would say push like push until yes, like you're yes. like two-thirds of the way like I, I know i don't give that advice very often and i stick by not giving that advice very often but i think that sort of kaigen is just kind this of one of exception. those yeah it's just a weirdly structured book and um and i think maybe intentionally weirdly structured um and obviously yeah. i mean memo she's just such an awesome writer too um but there is a, a scene in that book which is just <laughs> it's like uh it's like cut out of one of the best animes you'll ever see you know and, and chad's yep. like nodding along right now and anybody that's listening right now knows what scene i'm talking about it's okay. a it's a it's a duel i'll just say that but it's it's just so heavy there's so much emotion to it <laughs> one of those scenes that i'm literally pacing in circles while reading. seriously like, there's only a few of those that happened this year and you're right that the the change of direction that happens like well into the book is so cool because it aids to the story where i feel like a lot of a lot of like um, surprises, I feel like, are sometimes the author being like, you thought this was going to happen, but no, sir. You know, and it's a little like, okay, okay fine, but does it aid the story actually? And uh, some, I could argue that it does not. And this is certainly like, it's shocking, surprising, and like super not only for the purpose of like surprising you. It really is the story. No, there's a whole point yeah. to it. Yeah. I, um, it's funny. I think if you go back and listen to our Patreon episode about it, I feel like I probably sound like I don't, I didn't like it as much, but it's like, <laughs> it's funny though. It's just what time does, you know? Cause like the more that I thought about, cause we recorded it like the day that I finished the book or something like that. And I think that I was kind of annoyed with it, with its pacing and with its structure and stuff and maybe a couple other things. And I think we had like a weird debate even on like whether or not somebody was as redeemed as they should have been. I think that was another question that we had had. And I think that a lot of people that are fans of the book and people that are not fans of the book have also had that conversation 
about one of the characters in particular. Um, but then, you know, with I the slow passage of time, I think you were. I can't remember what we were. Uh, <laughs> I would like to have to, I'd have to go back and listen to it. But um, we got philosophical about it for sure. Go check did. out that episode if we, you haven't already. We people. certainly did. Uh, but yeah, that was my number three. Uh, loud and proud. That's a good. That's a good number three right there. What's your uh, What's that's, your number two? Okay, so man, this one was rough because <laughs> it's Red Rising, but the line, the weight between the first one and the second one. Because I had to pick one, because you weren't going to let me okay. slime away with just two, sure. was so hard for me. Oh, I just shoot. didn't count reread rereads, so I didn't know we were oh. counting rereads. Oh, I guess me Did neither. I but I forgot that I had read it no, already. Like, no, 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 no. You you That's love so, it so much, though. I like, literally wrote in the thing. This is a this is a new book read, and doesn't include. I wrote in my like instructions to myself to not, but I kind of forgot that I had read this one again. <laughs> wow, what an, I'm an idiot, dude. Uh we well, can keep it here. It's okay. It's we'll fine. keep it. We don't have time. We, we you love it so, so much. So good. Like it really was probably your number two. You know what I mean? Because like, you it like really it was. so much. So that's fine. I think. It, and the yeah. third one, very good. But man, those first two were like absolutely amazing books. And I think the first one gets it for me for the for the most fun that I had while reading it. Second one though, there's some speeches during the second one that like I yelled. I was like, yeah. It's like they just amp you up. You know, it's good to keep those things that like inspire you to work out. So if you're like feeling kind of bummy, you just like watch this video and you're like, I'm pumped now. And then you can like pick <laughs> yourself into working out, you know, and like some of the speeches from that book are in the like inspire me for self-improvement category. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I liked Morningstar more this time around the, the third book because uh, really? I, I remember Didn't not loving two? it. Uh, I think I liked it. Uh, I liked Golden Sun the most, and then I liked Morningstar the most after Golden Sun, and then I liked Red Rise. Like, I just don't Which really... the opposite. It's so funny, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I feel like, without spoiling too much, I feel like the the like, the like last, like, third... Not even the last. Like, the last couple chapters of Red Rising are really, really good. I think that yeah. there's just, like, a chunk in it for me that's just kind of, like... It feels a little repetitive. It's just, like, kind of similar things, like, happening over and over again for, like, a couple, like a hundred or so pages where I was just, like... I get that. I feel like it could have been shaved a little bit, but also when you look at it uh, through the context of like the relationships that form later in the series, it's, it's really important that they spent so much time in this specific part. But like, I think reading it for the second time over, it kind of like knocked it for me into like third place in the trilogy. Okay. I guess if, if this is me personally, like there's definitely like a chess game being played there. And at certain points, the game yeah, is just yeah. like people maneuvering their pieces into place before they actually, the action occurs and there's a lot of that in that book for sure i don't i don't think it should have been taken out or anything i think that just for my personal reading for the second time reading it when i kind of already knew i was able to like kind of look at things more and i think that's why i like morningstar more too is because i was able to kind of like i knew what was coming and i was able to like really appreciate how that was all set up you know yeah but Red I Rising, think I was the, just the a beginning sick yeah. of Darrow by the third one. Though. Like, <laughs> I'm sick of Darrow right now. Some man. of the actual like exposition, yeah, man. Oh, everything <laughs> that I hated about him in the third one, or that made me be like, uh, sigh, sigh, uh, is like is exaggerated in yeah, the next for three. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. God, anyway, what's up. your number two? Da -da 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 drum roll, please. My number two was All the Young Dudes by Miss King. I wondered when All the Young yeah. Dudes was going to make an appearance. Oof. Oh boy, yeah, I love it so much. I've already talked so much. I've talked about it for so long. I'm gonna keep Give it really the three short. Three reasons why you love it the most. Uh, it's more vibes than Harry Potter, uh, cool. it's, but it's Great all reason. it's all school stuff, relationship stuff at the school. Yeah, it feels like it's breathing more. It doesn't feel as attached to its own mm -hmm. plot line. Like it just it feels like we're really, really getting to know these characters as people, 
and like not it just exists as, off the page. Is that what you mean by breathing more? Yeah, shorter? and well, okay. and like, um, yeah, I mean, like with the exception of like Ron and Hermione, probably. Like, I feel like most characters in Harry Potter are just kind of like they're there for like one purpose. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Obviously, that's a strong statement. You know, like McGonagall has her little quirks and stuff, and Hagrid but, like, has his Draco? little quirks and stuff. One reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he gets a little more development towards like the seventh, sixth, and seventh book and stuff. I just mm. feel like I like I, I just like the characters more because I feel like I got to know them a lot more as people in all mm. the young dudes. Um, I think that the uh, it, the the amount of weight that it adds in my mind, not necessarily to the canon, but the amount of weight that it adds to the first Wizarding War and like also the events happening after that with Harry and everything, it's just like it puts so much more into like such heavy context and really showcases just like how good of friends all these people were and how much of a tragedy it all really was. Um, and the writing, the writing is just so good. Like it's, it's very engaging. It's very solid. If Miss Kingbean puts out a book like by herself with, um, whether it's published traditionally or independent or whatever, I'll buy it. I'll, I want to support that writer so much. Uh, the writing is really, really good. So yeah. And, uh, another reason I liked all the young dudes so much is because it opened my eyes to the potential for, uh, fan fiction, not just Harry Potter fan fiction, but all kinds of different fan fiction. It, it opened the door for me into a whole different world of reading. Like I never have to, I know this is going to sound so corny, but I never have to leave Hogwarts. Like I never have to, I could just keep reading stories in Hogwarts. And in my mind, like, it's really cool to think thought. about. Like yeah. it's cool. And yeah. I don't have to, yeah. And I don't have to like delve into those seven books and think like, you know, they're, they're Hogwarts never dies. No. And I can read different, um, different interpretations of it and it doesn't take away from the experience it only adds to it you know it was it oh, was imaginary really fan fiction hard i love yeah that. i mean it, it was imaginary to begin with <laughs> like it's right, not ruining right. the experience for me like just because like one person thought of one thing doesn't mean other people can't think of other things like why do you think there's multiple authors for star wars there's multiple authors for Dragonlance. there's multiple authors for uh warhammer there's like there's multiple authors for diablo books all kinds of different stuff there's multiple authors. Um, there's anthologies that take place in one world that are written by a bunch of people. Um, so yeah, like if that can exist, then and that's legit. Then uh, yeah, fan fiction is legit too. So yeah, that was my number two. That's a good number two. I like that, and it was appropriate. I I thought to myself if I could predict any of the books that were going to be on your list, and that one was the one the one that I was like I'm very certain will be on his list I, I really am leaning towards your like she's actually a famous author or famous something she might be like a government official or something you know <laughs> I don't know yeah I think um if it came out that that Miss King Bean was actually like Cassandra Clare or like she's Rebecca Ross or some, somebody down, yeah like yes weird. very aggressive uh give me your number one let's hear it okay so book number one was a struggle for me not only to pick it from just of all books that I've read this year, but to pick from the series. But I'm going to go with, of course, He Who Fights With Monsters. I haven't finished the series, so I don't know if there will be a book that takes the cake, but I'm going to go with the first He Who the Fights first With Monsters. With, oh, wow. Damn. Either that one or the third. I mean, I, bat, I, I battled so hard. Like, the second one's really good, too, but after a little bit of thought, I quickly kind of got down to those two. But I had to go with the first, and really the only reason is because it was the one that, it was my doorway, my portal to the world as a whole. And not just that one, but literary literary RPG in general, too. Like, think of all the cool ones you're about to read. Totally. I have a list in my phone of lit RPGs that I really want to um, uh, read. And so, yeah, it introduced me, exactly. that was a great point, not only to uh, these books, but also to lit RPG genre as a whole, which 
I really have come to like a lot. I mean, I'm a little bit uh, maybe narrow in what I've ex been exposed to because I've only read He Who Fights with Monsters. But uh, if just a any of the thing, other though. genre books, yeah, yeah, yeah they're simpler at all. I love it. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah, I am. Um, I really want to read those. They're it's they're so intimidating. Cool. There's so many of them. Yeah, they they're so are, long. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, and I will say that there's no parts during the you know seven, eight, nine book series or whatever. I think it's nine. Yeah, that has uh that that the, they don't drag. There's certainly a couple hundred page sections in the middle of a few of them. They're like, okay, yeah. we've been like brand building kind of for a while, and it's just like <laughs> I need you to go fight monsters again, but. You know, they generally speaking, they stick to the theme of fighting monsters pretty uh, consistently. And that is a wonderful thing. And I think the growth captured me a lot in those books. Like there's really like one person who struggles to not only over like literally overcome monsters, but also like the monsters within him. And not all monsters that he fights are creatures that are like thoughtless. You know, lots of times they're people or evil sorcerers or whatever. Sure. And so he kills a lot and he has to kind of contend with who he is as a person and the violence that he has to deal upon the world. And a lot of it is his fault because he was arrogant in certain ways. And it's just a really cool story of growth. Is the ninth book or uh, the the last book you have to read, is that the final book? Is, is Shirtaloon finished writing those? I don't know. I, I would think so. I hope so. <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't know. Cause like, think about, yeah. okay. Like I loved the Drew Stewart in books. But like after like the twelfth one, I'm like whatever. Like I literally haven't read them all. I love them. Yeah, I mean, there's only uh, for Driss. I feel like I still need to read Legacy of the Drow, which comes after Icewind Dale, I think. And then the Legacy in this timeline comes before, right? Because that's Homeland Exile Sojourn. No, you read those. No, I read those. That's that's um that's the Dark Elf trilogy. Legacy You're right. You're is right. uh, legacy is like Sojourn. No, Sojourn. Excuse me, Sojourn is part of that too. Um, but there's uh, there's quite a few more Salvatore books that I want to read. But yeah, you're right. After maybe once it gets up into like the high double digits, you're like or you're in book twenty one, twenty two, and it's just kind of like okay. Yeah. Were you saying that Spine becomes... of the World was really good? Is that the one that so you were telling bad. me? I th oh, that one's oh, really that bad. One's oh, so okay, bad. Cool. It's oh, okay. so bad. It is like death. It is like a very unique in the in the book series. It's like it's not only like tired by that; it's just bad. It's a bad book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, it sucks because have I read it I, twice. Yes, I was gonna say like you probably read you probably read them quite a few times. But yeah, I mean, like I with the, with those books, it's like there's so much fun to be had with the Dritz books. But like also, I feel like maybe it it just gets so samey. Is, yeah, like so how many like masters can he defeat? You know. Okay, so here we go. So there's um Legacy of the Drow Quartet uh, would be books seven, eight, nine, and ten. So it's the third series that you would want to read after uh, the Dark Elves trilogy and the Icewind Dale trilogy. It would be Legacy, Starless Night, Siege of Darkness, and Passage yeah. to Dawn. And then there's the Paths of Darkness trilogy, which you're saying the second right. book of that, The Spine of the World, is bad because uh, we've got the Silent Blade, The Spine of the World. And Sea of Swords. It's funny because like the new covers for these, a... they, they, look, they look so cool. The new covers for these books, they look so cool. <laughs> oh, man. Like, and 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 like, in juxtaposition to the ones that were like in the eighties or nineties, yeah, the there's some ones, awful yeah. ones. Like the Starless yeah. Night cover oh, is disgusting. Like Driss looks like a ninety year old man. It's like ridiculous. After the pet, so I'm not going to read all these books, but just for funsies, for funsy onesies, um, we've got Paths of Darkness after legacy and then we've got cell swords the hunter's blades the transitions the neverwinter quartet the ones before that were all trilogies mm -hmm. the sundering saga 
Companions Codex trilogy, the, the Homecoming Codex, trilogy, yeah. the Generations, Generations trilogy, yeah. <laughs> and then the Way of the Drow trilogy. The last book in that trilogy is called Loth's Warrior, and it's book number 39. So Dritz has, wow. has done 39 books and never uh, wow. died. Unless he's died and like come back in some weird like MCU kind of way, but I don't know. Some of the, um, some of the characters right around him certainly have. Man, this is kind of making me want to read. I might read Legacy of the Drow this year. You just made know. me want to feed, They're read, so read fun. more of the new ones. Ah. So, they're so yeah. fun. So if you're trying to read those books, I would definitely recommend them up to The Paths of Darkness. Read up to that one, which is the 13th, I think, at Sea of Swords. Skip over the spine of the world, maybe, because it's not really even about the other two. It's just one character's like struggle to overcome his own mental problems sure and it's just like not very fun to read um and kind of sad but uh um, did you read cell swords yes i did so my second the le- next thing i was gonna say but if you really want to read them hard you should read through the hunter's blade trilogy and as that's how far i've read <laughs> and i guess i can't really remember um recommend them beyond that part point. okay yeah i um that's 19 i books. don't know i think i think that it's just one of those things and i think that a lot of our listeners can can re- appreciate this too it's like you kind of just have those series uh, like where they just kind of come back to now and then so like i just read all the dragonlance books or excuse me not all of them i read the first three the chronicles like i really really liked them a lot but like i didn't jump straight into dragonlance legends but i i'm gonna read them you know eventually and i've got um there's also some like books that kind of fill in the gaps of some of the other books and some of those some of the series and stuff and you know at least like at least salvatore is writing all of his drift books he didn't like uh, delegate them out to because i feel like margaret rice and tracy hickman we're like, all right, well, we're gonna go write Deathgate, so other people can write Dragonlance, I guess. Like, and then like other people went in and, but I don't know, maybe oh, really? some of those they are started, good like, too. Getting oh, interns a, to write it. <laughs> there's a bunch of Dragonlance books that are like, okay, so this one is wow, about. I wonder if that was hard for them to give up control. I wonder if they also like field yeah, any of them, you know, to be like, is this canon or not? Because if I was Salvatore, I wrote a Dritz book. He would want to read that before he before it was released. I'm sure, you know. <laughs> He'd be like, ah, not enough spinning around in this one, Chad. Make him <laughs> spin around. Skittering. More. We need more yeah, skittering. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna do my number one. We all right, number one, baby. Let's hear it. All right, so number one for me is Fool's Errand, book one in the Tawny Man trilogy nice. by Robin Hobb. Uh, man, I am. Um, this one hit me hard. Like I, it's funny because I tried reading this book when I was like 26, 27. I had just read the Farseer trilogy. I think I was like twenty four or something. I was like, I was in my early twenties. Yeah, that's uh, about I was about then when I read. And it for, and if anyone's curious, I'm thirty three right now. Um, basically dead. Basically dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm washed up. I'm losing my edge. My edge is gone. I'm just Dude, one I'm big round. So I'm yeah. better than you, my friend. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was. Um, I read Farseer for the first time when I was in my early 20s, and I feel like I could really relate to Fitz in the Farseer trilogy. And then when I tried reading Fool's Errand, I thought it was kind of boring, and I just kind of like put it down. I got like 100 pages into it, and I was like, meh. The I don't first know. time. I, it just kind of bounced off of me, yeah, the first time. And uh, I figured I'd come back to it eventually, but I never did. But then I came back to it this year, and Fitz is like in his early 30s, this in, in this trilogy it's a bit of a time jump and man that book really stuck on to me like as soon as i started reading it i was just like oh this is amazing <laughs> like this is so and it's the first like 150 almost 200 pages of it is literally just fits being old and washed up in like a cabin in the in the forest and people so coming funny. to him and him like just it's just reflecting and reflecting and reflecting and, and i'm just like i'm all about that 
just it. like now when you were presenting it and talking about it during our Monday morning minutes when you read it this year and just like you're doing right now you both like almost did a horrible job of selling it because you'd be like I love it it's amazing and it's so boring yeah <laughs> and you're just no like, what? for real it, it, and it's I get like what you're talking about you have Robin to read Hobbit's beautiful writing you have to read um last ship traders and you have to read farseer trilogy yeah before you read uh in the other way the other way around though you have to read farseer trilogy and then last ship traders uh because uh, some stuff that happens in last ship traders is it's not like it's not like the the main plot but it's, it's pretty important i was like surprised actually of like how much i mean you don't have to know literally everything that happens in live shift traders but it it's good to know for sure Certainly uh, helps. so so like it's kind of a hard sell then because it's like yeah my favorite book of the year was the sixth book in this like what is it how many books is in it 12 there's like 12 yeah well, if, if you if you count the Rainwild chronicles there's 16 oh wow yeah, i haven't read uh, those ones I guess you're supposed to read Rainwild Chronicles after Tawny Man and before Fits and the Fool. So I still have seven oh. books left until oh. I've finished Farseer, or excuse me, finished The Realm of the Elderlings. Um, but with Tawny Man, uh, and especially with Fool's Errand, I liked the second book and the third book in Tawny Man uh, quite a bit. I liked the third book more than the second one. The second one was just kind of like, just all at Buckkeep. The whole thing is basically just in mm. one castle, which is cool, but it's not, it's not as good as the first one. The first one is an adventure. Um, there's some fairly high stakes and there is a, uh, there's a moment in it that complete, I couldn't believe what was happening. Like it was, really? it, this doesn't happen to me super often when I'm reading, but like I was reading it and I thought, I thought that something had happened to me. Like I thought that I had like my eyes had glazed over or something and I just missed it. I, I was like, Oh, I missed a line somewhere. You know what I mean? We're like, it, it was such a huge moment for the books and it 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 i was crying on the bus to work and i couldn't finish like the actual like sequence and then i got to work <laughs> and then i went into the break room and finished the scene and cried in the break room at work so i was like wow i was, was gonna it ask was like it was the wildest like hour of, or like maybe like half hour or something but it People was like, like man have you seen evan today he looks like dude terrible. it was dude, like, he's having a rough one <laughs> it, yeah um it was, and you know i mean like i i i don't cry really when i'm reading like super often i can, I can really think of just like there's only like probably less than 10 books that have like actually brought me to tears um, like actual tears yeah 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 like there's been a lot that have moved me quite a bit obviously but there's just um like tear like only a, down your yeah, face. only like a few times have i been able like not been able to see because i'm crying yeah, yeah. like while ugly I'm crying you know? as yeah, your yeah, totally. uh, partner described uh, it, and then <laughs> and then this is like definitely one of those moments for fool's errand and if anybody's read this book i'm sure you know what part i'm talking about um but only but only robin hobb man like only robin hobb writes uh, the way that she does and yeah. I will forever love her writing so much. Uh, she is, without a doubt, one of my favorite authors of all time. Not only did she write a great book and a great series and is an amazing writer, she didn't just like have a one-hit wonder. Like She's done it consistently, no, no. time and time and time again. Like, how old is Robin Hobb? Um, I know you're still in your prime, Robin. but 60s, I think. Right, right. Like but she's no you know, spring chicken anymore. Right. And uh, she's still writing relevant, amazing books. Yeah, I guess there's a new... Realm of the Elderlings book coming out soon. Wow. Yeah. Like, I so don't know. She's I think really it's about... proven her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I power. will say, though, you know, for some people, uh, I have recommended for, uh, the, the Realm of the Elderlings books to a lot of people at this point. 
uh, in my time influencing, if you want to call it that. Uh, but they're, they're very long books. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, they're the most riveting thing you'll ever read. There's just something about them that, like, they're so grounded. And if, if you do get sucked into it, you're never getting sucked back out again. Like, it, it, well it, it's like the way it, so it, I can see why it definitely bounces off some people because it, it really is just kind of like, apart from it being kind of slow and pretty long, also, it's a little, it's not a little, it's very, they're very sad books. Like they're very yeah, like, yeah. like, very, like sad. Inten- intentionally intense and, and, and Robin Hobb doesn't really care about your feelings. Very, no punches. She, like she is not going to coddle you through those books. Like yeah. they're very not hard. The casual to read. reader maybe. No. And they're just very like emotional. Um, and she takes her time writing how emotional they are <laughs> there's like right, just paragraphs and paragraphs of how emotional they wouldn't be emotional if she didn't take that time you know sure. yeah exactly um and there's a lot of build up and um there's just so much space for everything to kind of like settle in those books if that makes sense um but yeah that is uh that's my top five everybody yeah. and that, i liked your top five chad that was really cool i liked yours as well yeah it was i'm not gonna lie to you i struggled pretty hard because i remember we did this last year and i uh i had my top five chosen almost immediately and then it was hard to order them this was like almost the opposite i was took me a long time to pick the top five and then almost effortlessly ordered them so before we go here this might be a silly question but what do you think your favorite book of 2024 could be oh that's a great (laughs) question that's a really good question. i knew how sexy that question sounded yeah, that while was, i was asking it so like got just, curves in all the right places <laughs> so just from like where you're sitting right now third day in january what do you think is going to be your favorite book of the year man that's rough maybe the new way of like whatever the new, the new um, stormlight the new stormlight <laughs> yeah <Seriously. laughs> yeah like that's probably uh, yeah, gonna be it i know there's another head. black tongue thief i think coming yeah, out this it comes year out in too. like june yeah i want to read that yeah. for sure it's a prequel Speaking of sort of Kaigan, uh, ML Wang put out a book earlier or later this previous year, 2023. Um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I've been planning on reading that too. So maybe that'll be okay. in the top five again. Yeah, I really think Lev Grossman's The Magician Trilogy will rank really high too. I'm going to read that really soon and I'm stoked about it. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I think don't tell we're me reading... anything. I don't want anything to flavor. <laughs> I think it's good. Like, I, I really like it a lot. I mean, I think compared, like, we're reading all 10 Malazan books. We're, yeah, we we're rereading Stormlight because we have to. Like I know that yeah, I, t- totally. I know that I said that we weren't like making a schedule, and we're not really everybody. But like fifth Stormlight book comes out in December, we're reading the Stormlight books again. Like, yeah, we're not going to cover like the biggest release of any and most like anticipated yeah, we book. Have yeah. To. yeah, we were absolutely reading, and I just want to. I just want to read too. Stormlight again. I still haven't read it's Rhythm of War. It's been two years or so. Did you read Rhythm of War? I did not. Okay, so wow, we've both read no. the first three, but we haven't read. Yep four and we won't have read five okay that's pretty cool i like that yeah that is really cool that is really cool what do you think uh your favorite book single book will be i don't know like for some reason i don't feel like any of the Malazan no, books are really answer i'm thinking I'm, <laughs> i just i talk a lot so oh, like, okay. I, uh i mean i feel like maybe from what i've heard memories of ice book three of Malazan is like the best one dude it's so good i've heard the 10th one is really awesome too though so i know it's I not gonna be gardens far. of the moon Nope. No, it's nope. I'm not gonna. That's not gonna no, be my favorite. More than tedious than anything. Dude, Guards of the Moon kind of sucks. Like I'm, 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 and I, I say it's that with so, so much love. I say it with so much love, and it's gonna be my third time reading it when we cover it on the podcast. Oh, and rough. and <laughs> but yeah, everybody that's about to join us for the Malazan stuff, just like stick with us through the end of the second book. Yeah, trust. trust I was me. legitimately 
Go, sorry, finish your thought. No, no, that's it. Just trust me. Yeah, that's, that's, I. I I was legit, legitimately kind of disappointed with the world as a whole, the reading community, when I got done with Gardens of the Moon. I was like, this was a series that everyone was going crazy about? Like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's and, a mess. Uh, it's... And I, I stayed with stayed the course, yeah, and totally. now I'm with them. I agree with them completely. It is awesome, but man, that first book is a little tedious and really confusing. If you're uh, like, well, I don't understand anything that's going on or anything about this world, that's fine. No one does. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I have a feeling Stormlight 5, um, because there's... You, you do know that, like, uh, Sanderson's taking a Stormlight break, right? That's like, Stormlight 5 is the end of the first series of Stormlight. That is like a break. I think there's going to be a time jump or something between huh. that and book six. And I, I guess he's taking time to finish up some other stuff and work okay. on other stuff because he's just such a workhorse. But It'll um, all matter on how 5 wraps up for whether or not I like that time Yeah, jump I don't now, know. You know. It's going to be it's almost Coming off the Red 1,300 time pages. Jump? Time jump yeah, scare me. Wouldn't, wouldn't, didn't love the Red Rising time jump. No. Uh, the Expanse one it. was a little weird, but I, I didn't hate it. I kind of dug the Expanse time jump. I thought it was pretty cool. It made sense. Um, but yeah, I think that maybe uh, maybe one of the Gorman Gas books, though, that might Ooh. might do it for me this year. I don't know. We'll see. That I, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty curious about Gorman Gas, but um, yeah, uh, I mean, maybe one of the Throne of Glass books. Oh, yeah. I'm playing but, with the idea yeah. of reading that, and man, I think I'm playing around with Cradle, playing around with Locked Tomb. Uh, like I said, we're not committed to really anything except for right now. The only thing we're really committed to is Malazan and Throne of Glass, and probably Stormlight Archive. Um, but if we can yeah, do, yeah. If we can do even just Malazan, Throne of Glass, and Stormlight in one year. That's really cool. That, that's a, yeah, like that's none a of great, those books are small. No, that's a that's a seriously great series of podcast episodes. But uh, with Throne of Glass, I think maybe I don't know, maybe the, one of the last couple might be end up being one of my favorites of the year because I've heard that the series wraps up really well. Um, totally. We'll see. If I can give anyone advice for uh, how you your relationship with this podcast the, for this upcoming year, if you ever plan on reading Malazan, the Book of the Fallen, I'm telling you, drop what you're reading and read them with us. It will be the best to read them with a group of people, and we are that group of people, and you should read yeah. them with us. Don't read. You don't necessarily have to listen to our podcast. We would super, no, super no, love it are. if you did. There is, <laughs> there is another podcast. the only podcast. <laughs> there is another Malazan podcast called 10 Very Big Books. I want to shout them out really quick. I know that they're probably listening to this right Definitely. now. Uh, but they are a very solid podcast. That's actually the podcast that I modeled our recap episodes after was 10 Very Big Books because I was listening to them while I was reading Malazan. And it still wasn't enough to hold my attention. You need community and you need to really focus on these books while we're reading them so like yep. uh but also to kind of tack on to what chad was saying you don't have to read malazan with us the like that the pace that we're gonna be <laughs> yeah we you can you can pick it up later uh once that's a good point <laughs> chad's like yeah. drop everything you're reading drop for our... <laughs> well i mean you should do that but like not for everyone evergreen is... content doing this for kind of a job right some people are like i have a kid and like a job i can't keep up with the pace so if you fall behind like that's fine because oh yeah and we're going to be doing um if anybody's curious about malazan we'll be doing one book per episode book of the book if that makes sense so each book is broken down into books i'm going to try to explain this real quick before we go here uh just in case anybody's curious about malazan so um the first book gardens of the moon is divided into seven books um and we're going to be covering two books per episode for gardens of the moon it's kind of weird we're just going to try right. our best. Fill it out, but somewhere like that. But with the rest of the books, uh, they are four books per book, and we're going to try to do one episode per book of those books. So it's looking like 
we're going to be putting out about 40 plus <laughs> but they'll be shorter right or they'll we're be shorter we always like, say that but like, we're terrible at but doing like, that actually probably, probably around between 30 minutes and 45 minutes i think we're going to try Perfect. to keep each one of them less than an hour like short and punchy um, but you know us i don't know but um i don't know we will think, definitely rabbit trail yeah probably yeah but i think that's the best way to do it just so that we can kind of like like malazan's just kind of one of those series where you really need to hit everything like we can't because we can't glance over stuff and just um not talk about it it's important to talk right. about everything with that series and so like i had kind of toyed with the idea of doing like two books per episode or doing one whole entry like one whole volume of each book in one big like two hour episode but i think those would be like pretty exhausting episodes um and so, they would take us longer to, so to make yeah and it would be like a month and a half between episodes or something like that i think that this will kind of keep us more hopefully more consistent with our episodes because yeah. it's not it's also not the kind of series that you can it's like once you start it you're reading it now like you're reading you, it yeah like you can't take a six month break between Malazan books there's just too much no. going on um so yeah I, I'm excited it's gonna be a really cool reading project I really want to start it like right now but apparently know, we can't because we gotta finish the other books that we're reading dude also curse you for last Monday morning minute you went talked to started talking about way of kings and I happily jumped on board and I've just been so hyped I thought about it like four times this week I've just been like I don't want to read me some Sandy I know <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for us today, everybody. Uh, that was a really fun episode, and uh, hopefully we'll do some more one-off ones kind of like that as the year progresses. But Happy New Year, everybody that's listening right now. We really appreciate yeah, you, you coming into 2024 with us. It's awesome. It's awesome to see you yeah. here. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go read. I'm going to read. Yeah, you know, you, you guys were the reason why it was so great. We said the books were the, you know, we're on our list, and we can't list all of you. But without you, there would be no list. So please take the credit because... Uh, if each and every one of our listeners was so important to our growth and our experience and uh, it was just a great great reason and you guys all listening were the reason for it so really appreciate it happy to have you aboard for this next year everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode uh, look out for many many more for book reviews kill in 2024 until then hope you have an awesome rest of your day and of course happy reading bye everybody